Uh, well, we are continuing in our series here uh, this morning. It is called When Church Hurts. When Church Hurts. And uh, Pastor Jimmy and I, when we were discussing this sermon series, we just felt like this was a series that the church needs to go through, that the church needs to talk about. I feel like there's so many subjects sometimes that uh, the preaching and the church in general just kind of skims over or glances over, and they don't really address uh, these issues. And we saw this sermon series, and we jumped right in. And Pastor Jimmy did an incredible job last week, and he, he spoke about uh, hypocrisy, right? He spoke about hypocrisy. If you didn't have a chance to listen to that sermon, please go back on one of our pages, either Crossbridge or Grace's YouTube page, uh, and check out that sermon from last week. But hypocrisy, right? When someone says one thing but does another, right? That has caused some huge church hurt in our lives. Can I get an amen here this morning? It has caused some big time uh, hurt in our church uh, one thing that really stuck with me last week that Jimmy shared was this uh, survey that the Barna Group put out, and this is just a little recap, uh, but the Barna Group did a, did a survey of non-believers and asked the question of why they rejected Christianity, why they rejected Christianity, and it was so huge, uh, the answer that was really came to the, to the top, right, to the forefront, 85% answered hypocrisy as the reason to why they did not embrace Christianity. Hypocrisy has done a ton of damage in the church and outside of the church. When we talk about church hurt, we can't skip hypocrisy. Week two here this morning, we're going to talk about something else that has caused an insurmountable amount of pain in the church and outside of the church. Today we're talking about gossip. Gossip. Can y'all say it with me here this morning? Gossip. Gossip. I'm going to try and keep this lighthearted so when I say a joke or something that seems like it's, I'm trying to tell a joke, can y'all just laugh with me? Amen. All right. We're trying to keep it a little bit lighthearted. But we are talking about gossip here this morning. I don't think Pastor Jimmy would, would argue that nothing has caused more pain in the church than gossip. The Hebrew word, just to, just to give us a little introduction here, the Hebrew word translated gossip in the Old Testament is defined as one who reveals secrets, one who goes about as a tale-bearer or scandal-monger. Have you ever heard that word, scandal-monger? I'd challenge you to use it this week in your conversations. Okay, a scandal-monger. A, a gossiper is a person who has privileged information about people and proceeds to reveal that information to those who have no business knowing it. Gossip is, is usually distinguished from, from sharing information in two ways. This is a lot of the uh, times we try to justify gossip and say, I'm just, I'm just sharing information. You all with me? Gossip is distinguished from sharing information in, in two ways. And then we're going to jump into our scripture here today. Uh, the first way distinguished from sharing information is the intent. The intent. Gossipers often have the goal of building themselves up by making others look bad and exalting themselves as some kind of repository of knowledge. 
the intent. That's what separates it from just sharing information. When we're talking about gossip or sharing information, the second way is this. The type of information shared makes it different from sharing information. Gossipers or gossip usually speaks of the faults and the failings of others. Or reveals potentially embarrassing or shameful details regarding the lives of others without their knowledge or approval. Even if they mean no harm. Y'all listening? Even if they mean no harm, it is still gossip. Author and pastor Ray Ortland put it this way in his uh, commentary on Proverbs. He said this, he said, quote, I have never seen adultery send a whole church into meltdown. Gossip, by contrast, is often perceived as a little sin, but it destroys churches. Y'all catch that? Have y'all ever been gossiped about? I just want to ask that question. You don't need to raise your hand here this morning. But I'm guessing if you have blood in your veins and your heart is beating, you've probably been gossiped about at some point in your life. And if I say that it hurts deep, can y'all just give me an amen? It hurts deep. Amen? It hurts deep. I want to tell you a, a somewhat funny story, but embarrassing to myself. I never try to tell embarrassing stories about my wife or anything, but I always like to embarrass myself. Eighth grade dance. Y'all have an eighth grade dance? Man, that was like the spot to be, amen? Like everything looked forward to the eighth grade dance. You had the suit figured out, the dress. You had who you were going with. Uh, at the time, I was uh, dating. I'll put dating in quotes because do you really date in eighth grade? It's like you maybe hold hands after school one day or something, right? But I was uh, dating this, this gr- nice girl named Melissa, and Heather knows her. This is not a secret to her. If y'all are like, oh, there's scandal going on now. We grew, up, we grew up through middle school, so she knows Melissa. Um, but the eighth grade dance was coming. Melissa and I were excited to go as a couple to the eighth grade dance. And we showed up to the eighth grade dance, and everything was great. Uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm a little bit of a dancer, right? So I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going. But I was excited. We were out on the dance floor, and uh, we're dancing away. I'm like one of the two guys that isn't afraid to dance. And I kind of look around, and Melissa is gone. I'm like, what did I, did I do the sprinkler thing wrong? Or like, what, what is going on? But Melissa is gone. She has disappeared. And I'm, I'm looking around. I'm asking questions like, what is going on? And she's gone. And I found out that she was in the back room crying. She was in one of the back rooms of, a, of our venue crying. And she was, she was really, really upset. And I had no idea what was going on. And um, I, I kind of didn't handle it the way I was supposed to. I should have went in and comforted her and, and tried to figure out what was wrong, but I like to dance, so I, I, and I didn't know Jesus then, so I, I didn't handle it the way I was supposed to. But here's what happened. Here's what turned out to, have, to be the problem. Somebody had gossiped. Somebody had shared something that wasn't even true to Melissa and said that I said something about her and it destroyed her at our eighth grade dance. And after the eighth grade dance, we ended up breaking up, whatever that looks like, as an eighth grader. And it haunted me, y'all. 
it haunted me because this this gossip had hurt so deep. Like it had hurt my pride. It had hurt my integrity because that's not the kind of guy that I am. But somebody had rumored and gossiped about me and it had hurt somebody that I cared about. And it actually hurt me for so long that years and years down the road after Heather and I got married and we had kids, this thing called Facebook came around and guess who we found on Facebook? We found Melissa. And we ended up, I, I asked my wife, she ended up friending her and I asked her, I said, can you do something for me to just get it off my chest because this has been haunting me. This, 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 this story of gossip has been haunting me. Can you write to her and apologize for how I acted at the eighth grade dance and, and, and explain to her that, that I didn't know what was going on, but apologize to her as to what happened. And Heather did that, and Melissa took it so graciously. She's like, oh, it was, it was no big deal. But I tell that story, amen, I tell that story to get across to you what gossip can do, amen, and to how deep gossip can hurt and for how long the sin of gossip can stay with you. Gossip hurts deep. I want to answer three questions here this morning. First question is going to be this. If you're a note taker, go ahead and take notes. I want to answer three questions. Why do we struggle with gossip? And I put that we in there on purpose. Because if you're here this morning, you probably struggle with it. Amen. Why do we struggle with gossip? Two is going to be this. Why is gossip unhealthy? And number, number three is how to deal with gossip. I want to take a second and pray here this morning. Father God, Lord, I thank you for your mercy, for your grace. God, I thank you that we can come to you with our hurts, with our troubles. God, I, I, I thank you that we can open your word, that we can find healing, we can find comfort in your words. Father, I pray you'd speak through me on this difficult topic here this morning that we all struggle with. God, I pray you'd start to heal some of the hurts that are in our hearts right now, even as I speak, when it pertains to this thing called gossip. God, I pray you'd be honored and glorified in what is said here this morning and how we treat your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First question, why do we struggle with gossip? Again, I put we in there because you probably, like me, struggle with this at times. And I have a couple points here under this first question. Why do we struggle with gossip? My first point is this, it's delicious. Y'all like, that is a weird word. It is delicious. Listen, here we go. God's word is so cool, y'all. Listen, Proverbs 18.8, this is what God's word says about gossip. And about the gossiper, this is what it says, Proverbs 18, 8, it says, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. Y'all catch that? It says, they go down into the inner parts of the body. Proverbs 18, 8, I don't have the scriptures up here this morning, I kind of messed that up here today, but just take these notes. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. I want to ask you a question here this morning. What is your favorite secret snack? Don't call it out yet. If you're online, go ahead and write it in the chat. What is your 
favorite secret snack or, or candy. This is like the snack or the candy where when the kids walk in the room, you like quickly hide the wrapper or, or, or the snack that, does anyone else, I'm about to confess something. Does anyone else um, open the refrigerator doors just enough so that you can sneak on the inside and nobody can see past and then you can, y'all do that too? Amen, yes, all right. But what is your favorite secret snack? If, if I were to give you mine here this morning, it would be Skittles. It would be Skittles. Any of the kids know that when we go uh, trick-or-treating during Halloween, like, listen, there's a Skittles tax. There's a Skittles tax. Like, I need to have Skittles in my hand on every block as we walk and trick-or-treat. My wife, her secret snack, I'm going to give it away because I asked her and she said I could, Twinkies. Twinkies. Like, it's not a secret. But you eat it in secret so that we don't know. Twinkies, like really? The things that can, they last like 50 years and never go bad? What is your secret snack here this morning? Listen, it says that gossip or the words of a whisperer, the words of somebody who gossips are like delicious morsels. They are like that secret snack that is put right in front of you. And it takes all of your self-control not to just devour the whole thing, right? It's like opening that bag of Skittles and just trying to eat one and knowing that that's not going to happen, that by the end of it, the wrapper's going to be gone, you're going to be throwing it out, and then you're going to be replacing it so you can tell your wife you didn't eat the whole bag of Skittles. Right? Guilty. Amen. But listen, gossip Gossip is the same way. They are delicious morsels. Gossip feeds. Listen, church, gossip feeds the desires of our flesh. Like delicious morsels. We can't help but to indulge in it. Gossip feeds the desires of our flesh. Our flesh craves to hear that that juicy info about so-and-so, right? Our flesh craves to hear that juicy info about that new neighbor who just moved into town. Our flesh craves to to hear that that juicy info about that new guy, that new girl who showed up at church. And it's like putting those delicious morsels right in front of us, and all of our flesh just wants to take it and indulge in it. Right? It's like, did you hear about that? that when this uh, quote comes, or when this saying comes up in conversations, did you hear about, doing our, some of y'all, I just watched your ears literally go like this. Right? Your ears just perk up. Because that is the desires of our flesh, to indulge in these delicious morsels. Why do we struggle with gossip? Because it's delicious. We enjoy it. Our, our flesh craves for it. I had another quick example, and this is just amazing how God works when you're preparing for sermons, but I was cutting the grass out here uh, behind Grace Church, and we kind of let the backfield go a little long once in a while so we don't have to cut it every week, but I was cutting the long grass, and the, and the pollen was killing me, and I'm getting destroyed, and there was a real funny thing that happened. These birds were following me. I started cutting through the high grass, and all of a sudden, there's like this flock of like 10 little, I don't even know what they're called, 10 little birds were following me around. Like, what is, what is going on? Do I have like 
something on me. Like they're just, y'all know what they were doing, right? Looking for those delicious morsels. Right, I'm cutting the high grass and suddenly all these grasshoppers and all these bugs are revealed. And these birds start following around because they are so enticed and they want to indulge in these tiny, crunchy, little, delicious morsels. Listen, that is our flesh when it comes to gossip. We are drawn to it. We want to indulge in it. But what does scripture call us to do? It says crucify flesh calls us to live by the holy spirit that lives within of, within us if you're here this morning and you confess jesus as savior you have the holy spirit the third part of the trinity within you and scripture tells us to crucify the flesh and to follow the spirit that lives within you why do we struggle with gossip here's the second reason y'all just stay with me on this here's the second reason deliciousness and idleness, idleness. First Timothy 5.13 says this, and he's speaking about uh, some members in their church here who are indulging in, in gossip. It says this, First Timothy 5.13, it says, besides that, it says they learn to be idlers. Y'all know what it means to be idle? When your car is at idle, you're sitting there doing nothing, right? They learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. Why do we struggle with gossip? Idleness. Has anyone ever experienced this? I, 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 I've experienced this myself. Listen, I'm just like y'all. I'm going through these same things. I'm being grown to look more and more like Jesus every day, but I struggle with these same things. Has anyone else experienced this where, where maybe you're somewhere and you're idle and maybe you're sitting with somebody or a few or a group of people and suddenly it gets quiet. Has anyone been there? And you're like, oh, this is awkward. What's one of the first things that comes up when we allow our flesh to speak from our mouths? Like, man, did you hear what's going on with so-and-so? Why is that? Why is that when, when we're in that situation of idleness, that one of the first things that comes is, oh, did you hear the story from such as, did you hear about the pastor from another church that got mixed up with another one? Did you hear? Why do we struggle? We struggle with it, with idleness. Second, third thing is this, why do we struggle? Because we have a desire for revenge. We have a desire for revenge. Ephesians 4.31 says this. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, that goes along with gossip, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Again, our flesh sometimes wants to take over, and we have this desire to take revenge on somebody. That, where, where, when somebody else has hurt us, oh, guess what? Uh-oh. I now have the freedom to take revenge on them myself. And maybe somebody said something to somebody else that hurts you, so now you're going to say something to somebody else who hurts them. And we get in this loop of gossip. 
wanting to take revenge. Why do we struggle with gossip? Listen, these are some things we have to work through, church. Amen? Second question was this. Why is gossip unhealthy? Like, this is a simple answer. Let me break it down a, a few things here this morning. Why is gossip unhealthy? My first point in here is simply this, that gossip rejoices in evil. Gossip rejoices in evil. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 this is talking about love and then the opposite of love. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, love is patient and kind. Have you all heard this verse before? It says, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It says, but rejoices with the truth. Listen, when we gossip, when we partake in the sharing of knowledge that maybe isn't supposed to be shared, we are rejoicing in evil. And, and this goes back to what I spoke about in my introduction, right? Generally, when we're talking about this uh, topic of gossip, there's never good gossip. Y'all with me? There's never a good thing that is shared about somebody else. We are sharing in the failures and in the faults of other people. And, and Scripture tells us that when we do that, that we are rejoicing in evil. That we are rejoicing in evil. Second thing why gossip is unhealthy is it creates division. It creates division. Proverbs 16, 28 says this. I hope you're taking notes here this morning. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer, or those who, go or those who gossip, separates close friends. Let me read that again. A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends creates division. You know what I think when, and maybe, hopefully I'm not alone in this, you know what I think when I interact with somebody who tends to gossip or tends to share things that maybe they shouldn't share? You know what I tend to think? I say this to myself, man, if they're willing to share this in my face, what are they willing to share behind my back? Does anyone else think that? It creates division. And what, what tends to happen if I'm involved or in a relationship with somebody who, who struggles with gossip, or maybe when I'm in this rut of gossiping about somebody else, what happens is you start to see those relationships split. Amen? We start to see those relationships split. And we want to talk about the context of church here this morning. We want to split a church. Spread gossip. You want to cause disorder and chaos in a church? Be one who promotes gossip. Why is gossip unhealthy? Third thing is this. It supports the devil's plan. Y'all like, oh, Pastor David's going in deep right now. But listen to scripture here. It's supporting the devil's plan. John 8, 44. John 8, 44 says this, You are of your father the devil, 
and your will is to do your father's desires. It says he was a murderer from the beginning. This is talking about Satan, the devil, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. It says when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Did y'all catch that? There's a lot of lies in that, in that verse. He is a liar and the father of lies. The devil, listen, the devil is known as the great deceiver or the accuser. He's often uh, mentioned in scripture. The great deceiver or the great accuser. Listen, part of his plan, church, part of the devil's plan is to spread lies. Part of the devil's plan is to distort the truth. Y'all with me? When we participate in gossip, we are doing exactly what the devil wants us to do. We are taking part in his plan, especially when it comes to the church here this morning. We're talking to the church, right? Let's bring this into our context. Listen, gossip in the church is one of those things that can just kind of slip in. Right? Some of these other sins that we talk about and that a lot of preachers love to talk about on Sunday mornings from the pulpit, they can be very public. And they can be very easily seen when they are in the church. But listen, you know which one is not? Gossip. Gossip can slip into the church body. And it can hang around. And it can go from one small group to another. And it can go from one ministry into another. It could go from one leader to another leader. Almost unknown. And then by the end of it, guess what happens? The church is destroyed. Listen, Satan is powerful. He is not all powerful. Can I get an amen? Amen. He is knowing, but he is not all-knowing. Amen? What an amazing plan for Satan to destroy the church and to implant the sin of gossip. Church, we need to be aware of the devil's plans. Third question here this morning, and then we'll wrap up, is how to deal with gossip. How do we deal with gossip or the gossiper in our context here this morning? First point is this, to confront them lovingly but firmly. Confront them lovingly but firmly. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, and this is in the context of uh, conflict within the church. Y'all know there's conflict in the church sometimes, amen? Pastor Jimmy is really loud on that one. Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17 says this. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. I want to make a point here. Did you all see that Scripture didn't say, go and tell your pastor so your pastor can tell him his fault? Jimmy's raising that. Y'all, did you all see that in Scripture? <laughs> Your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. 
If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. You've won them. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every, every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And verse 17 said this, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Tell it to the church. How do we deal with gossip? We confront people lovingly but firmly. Listen, I encourage you here this morning as you're processing what is going on and as you leave this place, you continue to process that the church has been failing in this area. I'm just going to be honest. The church has been failing in this area. Oftentimes when, when stuff like this comes up, when, when sin comes up, and this isn't just with gossip, right? This is with all types of sin. But when this type of thing comes up, especially when it comes to gossip, we, we tend to indulge rather than lovingly correct. Because we get in this space of, well, you know, I struggle with this too, so is it really my place to, to reach out to them and to, to lovingly correct them and bring them back? But we need to be challenged in this area, church, again, because we know what gossip can do if we just let it run rampant, amen? It can destroy the church. We talk about church hurt. Allow gossip to go crazy at Grace Church. We're going to have some church hurt. Allow gossip to go crazy at Crossbridge. You're going to have some real church hurt. We're going to have to go back through this sermon series in six months. Lovingly correct. I want to give you a couple practical questions that you can ask when you feel like maybe somebody is sharing something they shouldn't share or is indulging in this thing called gossip. The first thing is ask the question, why are you telling me this? Why are you telling me this? And don't do it in a confrontational, you know, like trying to be mean, but why are you telling me this? Is this something that you're concerned about? Is this uh, information that was uh, told to be passed on to me? But why are you sharing this? And you'll often see that the person will shut down and reflect onto what they're sharing, and they will lovingly go the other way. But confront them lovingly, but firmly. Also, Ephesians 4, uh, verse 15 says this, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Again, rather, speaking the truth in love. The truth in love. Somebody say that with me. The truth in love. Listen, it is not loving to allow someone to continue in sin. You say, well, it's really hard to approach that subject with somebody. Uh, and the, the culture makes it seem like I'm being mean if I try to, to, to lure somebody away from that sin. But listen, the Bible says that that is loving. Y'all with me? Scripture tells us that that is loving, that when we see somebody in sin and we go to them and we reach out to them as a brother or sister in Christ, and we don't slam them with Scripture, amen, but we go to them lovingly, Scripture says that that is the loving thing to do, to go out on a limb for your brother or your sister to bring them back into the fold, to bring them back to where they're supposed to be. Speak the truth 
in love. How to deal with gossip. Here's the second point here is sometimes we need to sever the relationship. This is where it gets tough. Sever the relationship unless they listen to truth and love. Proverbs 20, verse 19. Proverbs 20, 19. It says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Oh, I love the book of Proverbs. Sometimes it's so simple, amen? I don't think that can be any clearer. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Listen, church, I know this is hard for us to do sometimes in our lives and in relationships and in, in family relationships sometimes, but you know what? Sometimes it's better to cut them loose than to be drug in with them. And we need to recognize that in the church that if we, if we don't lovingly correct them and that if sometimes we don't sever our relationship from them, then we are not loving them. That's difficult, right? But Scripture says, therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Sometimes we need to cut things off. Sometimes y'all need to cut off. Uh, let's go to the social media world real quick. Some of y'all need to unfollow some people. Amen? Some of y'all need to unfriend some people because all they put on social media is gossip. Sometimes all they put on social media is drama. And then all of a sudden it's coming down our news feed and then we're wondering why when we leave the house, we are in a state of wanting to indulge in drama. That was some hard preaching there. I didn't get any amens. Some of y'all need to unfollow some people, cut them off unless they lovingly or unless they, unless they listen to a loving correction from you, we need to sever the relationship. And then the last point here this morning, how do we deal with gossip? Let's think about ourselves, too. See that nothing evil comes through your lips. Amen? See that nothing evil comes through your lips. Ephesians 4, verse 29 says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. I feel like that is an amen verse. I'm going to read it again, and then I want to hear amen at the end. Y'all with me? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Give grace to those who hear. How can we deal with gossip? Don't be involved in it. Don't let evil come from your mouth. I feel like our gracers here are getting a, a double dose. In our, in our last series, we finished uh, with a sermon on communication, right? And it was a lot about what comes out of our mouth. 
And, and Scripture tells us that, that the words that come from our mouth have the power of life or the power of death. Right? It has the power to build somebody up, to encourage somebody, but it also has the power to tear somebody down. Listen, as a follower of Jesus, we are called to speak so that it may give grace to those who hear. We are called to speak so that it gives life to those who hear. Listen, gossip, like uh, Pastor Ray me I mentioned earlier, literally has the ability to destroy relationships, has the ability to destroy marriages, has the ability to destroy churches. And I know if you're sitting here this morning and, you, again, you've got blood in your veins and, and oxygen in your lungs, like you've been hurt by this thing called gossip. And church, I want to challenge you and encourage you here this morning that let's put this to an end. Let's stop the cycle of hurt people hurting other people. And let's stop this cycle in the church, the bride of Christ, how we are supposed to be clean and holy and ready for the bridegroom. Let's put gossip at an end. When we see it going on in our church, in our small groups, in our prayer meetings, let's pull someone aside and say, hey, man, I love you. Maybe we shouldn't be sharing that here. Hey, I love you. Have you gone and spoken to that person that you're mentioning? Man, if church people did that, the church would be so much more healthy than it is. Church, that's what we're called to do followers of Jesus, to crucify our flesh, to not indulge in the delicious morsels that we want to indulge in, but to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you here this morning. Man, God, this, sometimes this life here is difficult. Situations are difficult. Conversations are difficult. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for the Spirit who can guide us through these difficult things. God, I pray as we wrap up here this morning, God, that this would sit on the hearts of our people who are listening here this morning and who are watching online. God, that if we are indulging in the sin of gossip, God, that we would repent, that we would ask for forgiveness. God, I pray that if we come in situations in our church or in our families or in our, in our friend groups, God, that if, if gossip is going on, that we would be the one who would step forward to lovingly correct, lovingly pull aside a brother or sister and say, hey, man, we're not going to do that. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace and the many times that we mess up and you just continue to love us. God, we know we're not going to get this 100% right. God, we know we're going to fail. God, but we thank you through Jesus we have forgiveness. God, we thank you. We praise you. God, allow us to be the church that we're called to be this week. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Pastor Jimmy, you want to come give a final word here this morning? Thanks for convicting me. Um, there's a great privilege as another pastor to sit under the teaching of someone who handles the word of God so delicately and strong. And so thank you for that. And I, I as you were preaching, kept thinking of your mower and watching these birds follow. And the convicting part was I wonder how many of us are sitting on that mower and we've got people following us looking for those choice words. And we find such value in sharing it. When God's like, you got to get off and stop this. Like, and so thanks for that, that, that picture to take with me this week of like, am I, am I the guy on the mower that people are following looking for that? Like, oh, what's happening? What's this? That's convicting. Um, and I was left sitting there thinking, what in the world am I supposed to do? Lord, give me wisdom. You know, when is it truly concern and gossip? And I don't know. And so this morning, I'd love to leave you with, the great words of Jesus' half-brother, James. And this is how we can gain some wisdom together. And I pray that the Lord would allow you to freely go with this wisdom. And um, just like normal, we always talk about this too. If you continue to give to the ministries of Crossbridge and to Grace, we would love for you to continue to do that. At Grace, it's right through the door in the back there or online at Crossbridge. It's online. Thank you so much for creating an environment where generosity is celebrated. And so this morning to leave you with James chapter 3, would you stand with me, please? There's a difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. Let me tell you what wisdom from above looks like. But the wisdom from above in verse 17 is first, all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Would the Lord give you wisdom from above this week and how you use your words for those inside and outside the church that you would be sowers of peace, people of mercy, and demonstrators of love in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you again next week right here as we continue When Church Hurts. Thank you so much for joining us today for our service of When Church Hurts. If you find yourself in a place where you need prayer today, maybe that message is a little uh, raw for you. We want to invite you to reach out because we would love to pray for you. From whatever church you're from, would you reach out to your pastor and let us know so that we can be praying for you this week. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And whichever church you're from, if you want to continue to give towards the missions of our church of reaching people for Jesus, we'd highly encourage you jump into those links and give the way that you normally have been so faithfully and generously given to the mission of loving people. We love you so much and we're thankful for you joining us. We'll see you next week.